Hello and welcome to Taiwan Roundup. It's Tuesday the 26th of October and if I look out the window here, the skies look rather grey today, but I have to say I quite enjoy the cooler weather. This show will be produced and distributed on a multitude of platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. You can also find the show on our Taiwan Roundup Facebook page. Alternatively, subscribe on Substack to get full access to a weekly newsletter with show notes and links to all the topics and articles that we will discuss in the show. With Substack, every new edition of the audio show is sent directly to your email inbox. Go to taiwanroundup.substack.com to subscribe. That is taiwanroundup.substack.com and you can subscribe over there. To make the show possible and to be able to cover a variety of news and other features, we rely on the community support for content. So, if you happen to find something, an article, news or otherwise, that you think is interesting and you want to share it, please copy the link and share it with me. If you want to introduce a newly opened business or recommend a specific business or service to the community in Taiwan, also drop me a message with some details. Uh, I would like to say give a special shout out to Shannon and Tiffany this week who have been sending me wonderful articles that I probably would not have found myself. So thank you very much ladies for your support and the content that you have shared. If you want to reach me you can reach me through Substack you can also reach me through our Facebook page Roundup Taiwan Roundup page or you can send me an email taiwanroundup at gmail.com. That's taiwan, R-O-U-N-D-U-P at gmail.com. So we have quite a lot to talk about today. It's about an hour show. And I am, of course, having issues with my microphone, as Murphy's Law would have it. Right now, I have four microphones in front of me. Um, only one is plugged in because the other three... Uh, well, they didn't want to. Well, let's say they didn't enjoy the colder weather so much. I'm not entirely sure what's wrong with them. So <laughs> let's not keep you waiting. Let's get the show started and hopefully <laughs> hold thumbs that my microphone holds up throughout the show. We're going to start today by looking at some global news roundup. And I'll read out the headline as well as the source, newspaper or online article or website or wherever I find it. So the first one I want to start with is a story out of Colombia. And this one is from the Al Jazeera broadcasters. Um, Colombia to extradite Otoniel to the U.S. as soon as possible. The U.S. offered $5 million for the capture of Dario Antonio Yusaka. Colombia plans to extradite the man it calls the world's most dangerous drug trafficker to the United States where he is wanted on a number of charges. Dario, known as Otonil, was captured by the Colombian armed forces during an operation in the rural areas of Colombia, Colombia's Uruba region on Saturday. The raid involved 
500 members of the Colombian Special Forces and 22 helicopters. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, that is quite a raid, I tell you. Staying with Al Jazeera, and this is um, a story relating to Taiwan. Taiwan taps on the United Nations door 50 years after its departure. 50 years ago, on October 25th, the Republic of China, ROC, the official name for Taiwan, was formally expelled from the United Nations by a vote of the General Assembly and replaced by People's Republic of China, PRC, which had taken power in Beijing at the end of the country's civil war in 1949. The ROC government had fled to the island of Taiwan with millions of refugees as the communists took power but continued to hold the seat of China at the UN and was a permanent member of the Security Council with veto power. Despite being exiled, officials in Taipei had the support of the US thanks to fears in the West that communism might sweep through Asia. That's interesting. 50 years ago. Wow, it's a long time. Still with Al Jazeera, this is a story from Hong Kong. Amnesty to close two Hong Kong offices. Amnesty International will close two of its offices in Hong Kong by the end of the year, the humanitarian right group has announced, with its local chapter seizing operations on Sunday. Amnesty, which is which head offices in London, said it would continue research, advocacy, campaigning work for its other offices in Asia-Pacific. The decision, made with a heavy heart, has been driven by Hong Kong's national security law, which has made it effectively impossible for human rights organizations in Hong Kong to work freely and without fear of serious reprisal from the government, says the chairman of Amnesty's International Board on Monday in a statement. Oh, that's interesting. So Amnesty closed their offices. Okay, this is from... Actually, the BBC and Economist had the same article. <clears throat> and it's about tuskless elephants in Mozambique. The headline reads, uh, Tuskless Elephants, Evolution Linked to Ivory Hunting. A new study suggests that severe ivory poaching in parts of Mozambique has led to the evolution of tuskless elephants. A study published in Science Magazine found that the Gorongosa National Park, a previously rare genetic condition that became more common as uh, ivory poaching used to finance the civil war, pushed the species to the brink of extinction. Oh my goodness. Before the war, 18.5% of females were naturally tuskless, but that figure has risen to 33% of elephants born without tusks since 1990s. Wow, 33%. That's a lot. Don't they need the tusks? I always watch the nature stuff, live camps from Africa, and they always linger their little trunks on the tusks. And they scratch and do all kinds of things with these tusks. That's very interesting. Okay, this is from Japan today. We're still in the global news section. 
a plan to introduce a prison term as part of a tougher penalty for online insults in Japan has been approved this week by an advisory panel amid the growing need to tackle cyberbullying, the justice minister said. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sure that is something that could very easily um, make everybody else's lives very difficult. And I wonder what that would be, cyberbullying. I guess you should first sort of figure out if everyone agrees with what cyberbullying is exactly. That's a tough, that's a tough thing to uh, put in. Oh, if anybody can do it, well, Japan can do it, right? This is also from um, Japan Today, but it's also a story that has hit quite a few news broadcasters, and it's about the emperor's niece, Japan's princess Mako. She has married her college sweetheart, Kei Komuru, thus losing her royal status. Under the Japanese law, female imperial family members forfeit their status upon marrying to a commoner, although male members do not. She also skipped the usual rights of a royal wedding and turned down a payment offered to royal females upon their departure from the family. I think that is about 1.3 million US dollars, if I'm not mistaken. She is the first female member of the royal family to decline both. The couple have been under intense scrutiny since the announcement of their engagement in 2017. The princess had been diagnosed with PTSD and therefore forfeited the scheduled press conference on Tuesday. Instead, the couple gave written answers to the questions submitted by the press. This story is really interesting. I read through all the articles and it's, it's, it's quite nasty, actually. I think... Um, his mum, there was something about her borrowing money from someone and still had to pay it back. Um, I would imagine under uh, in other countries that would not be such a huge scandal, but in Japan apparently it was a huge scandal, and I'm sure the media took it very far. If the, the princess has PTSD. And so at the end, after the wedding, they're supposed to do a press conference and then answer questions, but the press actually gives them the questions prior which is a good idea, I would imagine. But after she saw the questions that they were asking, which I would imagine some of them were not so flattering and not so nice, she actually sort of had a nervous breakdown. And yeah, so they cancelled that and they just submitted it. I did hear her speak today. She has a very beautiful voice. And her fiancé is a lawyer in the US. He just came back to Japan in September. So I believe they are going to move to the US. I don't know when. But yeah, they're going to move to the US. Oh, it's always sad when people struggle. I mean, she didn't choose to be born a princess. So hopefully when they move to the US, they will find a more quiet, happier life. Okay, now I want to look at some things in Taiwan. And the first thing I want to talk about is that massive quake on Sunday. Um, a series of earthquakes injured several people and damaged buildings and disrupted transportation in Taiwan. This is from the Taipei Times, by the way. On Sunday, a magnitude 4.5 quake struck 8 kilometers northeast of Hualien at 12.38 midday at a depth of 
23.8 kilometers, said the Central Weather Bureau. It was followed at 1.11, so about 30 minutes later, by a magnitude 6.5 quake centered in Elon at a depth of 66.8 kilometers. And then a minute later, a magnitude 5.4 earthquake followed um, and the epicenter was in Datong at a depth of 67.3 kilometers. Then a 4.2 quake again struck in Nanao at 2 o'clock, so about an hour later, 2.05, at a depth of 63 kilometers. The magnitude 6.5 was the strongest quake recorded in Taiwan this year. Taiwan has a intensity scale that works on a seven-point system, and this quake reached four. <laughs> so that is, yeah, that is quite heavy. They don't use the nine-point Richter scale here, so I don't know. I wonder what it would have been on the Richter scale, actually. I have to say, in all my years in Taiwan and living on different floors, the fifth floor, the 16th floor, I was on the third floor, and I was really afraid. So I imagine people that haven't had big earthquakes in Taiwan must have been really afraid. I have two little cats. Simba was with me um, on the bed when the quake hit, and he was sort of all right. I, I was talking to him the whole time and sort of petting him, and he didn't freak out. But my little Bengal cat is petrified of earthquakes, and it really affects him. He ran outside and hid under the... I thought he was hiding under the washing machine. But then I heard him inside the washing machine, and I couldn't see him. So what had happened is he went under the washing machine and then climbed into the engine of the washing machine, which is, of course, not very safe. But for some reason, he felt safe there. So we just kept an eye on him and let him sit there. He stayed there for about two hours and then sort of slowly came out. But yeah, everyone was really shake, shaken up after that, that's for sure. That was a, a really big quake. I don't think there was any massive damage like quakes before that one um, years ago but but still it was yeah and we should probably expect more things to happen a bunch of aftershocks I don't know how long the time is before it's no longer considered an aftershock I guess there is some kind of time parameter for that okay this is a funny story <laughs> um, there is a a song called Fragile featuring a Taiwan-based singer and it has broken records, 12 million views this week on YouTube. Uh, it's a video, this is from Taiwan News, it's a video mocking China's authoritarian government title, titled Fragile. It has shattered 12 million view mark this week on YouTube. A Malaysian rapper Namawi and a Taiwan-based Australian singer, Kimberly Chen, released a mock mandopop song titled Fragile, or literally translated Glass Heart, on YouTube. The term Glass Heart is used to describe nationalistic Chinese who became easily upset when a social media post attacked the Chinese Communist Party, CCP. The video is full of stinging satire directed at the CCP, from the extensive use of the color pink, which, symboli which symbolizes little pinks, um, <laughs> or a giant clumsy panda, 
it also make references to representation of the Uyghurs in Xinjiang, China's claim to Taiwan, bat soup representing COVID, the Great Wall, Firewall, Xi Jinping em embroidered by Winnie the Pooh, censorship, and a ban of Taiwan-grown fruits. I'm going to try and play you just like a small snippet of that song. It's quite catchy, actually. Okay, <laughs> the music video is actually quite fun. You can go look at it on on YouTube. So they're all dressed in pink and all kinds of silliness, and they actually have subtitles, so you could uh, follow along. Um, this is definitely not an amusing story, but yet I found it quite amusing. Um, this is police. Police are in pursuit of a armed suspect who robbed an ATM in Taoyuan. Taoyuan police, this is from Focus Taiwan, Taoyuan police are still in pursuit of an armed suspect who robbed two security guards at a local convenience store in Xinyu, Xinyu district and got away with 518,000 NT dollars, about 18,500 US on Monday. According to the Xinyu police precinct, later Monday, a man armed with a pistol, entered a convenience store on Zhongshan East Road around 10 a.m. as the guards were putting the money into the automated teller machine. The man fired a warning shot which hit the cash box holding the money being put into the machine. He told them to hand the cash over. The robbers immediately fled the, the robber, the robber, sorry, singular. The robber immediately fled the scene after getting away with the stolen cash. No injuries were reported during the incident, they said. The police pursued the sub, sub, subject and retrieved the vehicle that he fled in, but he is still missing. The reason why I said this is entertaining, well, it's definitely not that there are civilians walking around shooting guns. That's not entertaining. But this is sort of like a movie scene, isn't it? And that same ATM had been robbed before. Uh, the previous time, Thieves actually towed the entire machine away. So it does seem like they need to maybe um, have a look <laughs> at this area. Why is it being targeted? I mean, a same ATM robbed in a rather um, adventurous way twice is, is a little bit more than just a coincidence, I think. Okay, let's see. Have you thought about Chinese New Year? I mean, it is October. It's basically the end of October. So I look up at my calendar. Halloween this weekend. Uh, Chinese New Year still seems to be quite a way away. My, my birthday is on the New Year this year. It will be February 1st. So I think Chinese New Year starts the day before, which would be the 31st, which is the uh, New Year's Eve. Taiwan is looking at alternative quarantine measures for the Lunar New Year. This is also from Taiwan News, by the way. Maximum of 33,000 quarantine rooms are available. Various other arrangements are being considered. The Ministry of Health and Welfare said 
they are looking at alternative measures to cope with the possible lack of quarantine hotel rooms during the coming Lunar New Year. More than 31,000 people are expected to return to Taiwan for the traditional get-together. They only have 33,000 rooms and more than 31 are coming back. That is a lot of people. I wonder how that is going to be handled. Hopefully, ooh, hopefully things look better by then. I mean, how far is that? Like November, is three months away. It's not that far, is it? This is a very sad story, unfortunately. There was a huge fire in Kaohsiung um, that left 46 people dead. And we're still on uh, the Taiwan News site. A blaze in a dilapidated building took 159 firefighters five hours to extinguish. A massive blaze started an apartment in a mixed-use building in Kaohsiung early on Thursday morning, October 14th. It has killed 46 people and injured 41. At 2 a.m. on Thursday, a fire broke out in the Cheng Chong Cheng building in Kaohsiung's Yancheng district. A deteriorating structure dubbed locally as Kaohsiung's number one ghost building. The Kaohsiung City Fire Department was able to extinguish the fire by 7 a.m., having retrieved 87 people, including 14 who had lost vital signs and were later declared dead, 32 found dead at the scene, and 41 who suffered minor injuries were reported. According to the fire department, the fire was reported at the aging structure at 31 Fu Bay Road at 2.54 a.m. The mixed residential slash commercial building is 13 stories tall and was built 40 years ago. Two underground floors are currently not in use. Oh, wow. While the first to the fifth floors are abandoned what so the bottom two floors the underground floors are not in use and the first to the fifth floors are abandoned so what's in there oh no no wonder they call it the ghost building there are approximately 120 households residing on the 7th through 11th floors what When the blaze broke out, the fire department dispatched 75 vehicles and 159 firefighters to the building. Oh, that's so sad. That's really strange, isn't it? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Five floors and 120. Bloody hell. 120 families on five floors. That seems like a lot. Right. Okay, this is more curious. Care for Carrefour to sell off its Taiwan corporation for 1.9 billion dollars, as in US dollars. The French retailer Carrefour plans to sell its Taiwan business in the next few weeks. Reuters cited three people familiar with the matter as saying the supermarket chain has hired Morgan Stanley to run the sale, which will start after the summer ends, said a source who asked not to be identified as the information is confidential. Ooh! According to Reuters, Carrefour has already spoken 
with a number of potential buyers, including a private equity firm, they said. Both Carrefour and Morgan Stanley declined to comment on the matter. Well, if it's confidential, you'd imagine so. And here it is in the news. Well, I hope it stays. That's where I get most of my groceries. This is also interesting. This is back to our Al Jazeera friends. This is about, I don't know if I want to say app. It's an app or a channel. Let's just call it a uh, uh, media media outlet. That's 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 what it is. So the headline reads: Taiwan Plus tries to change the narrative on the self-ruled island, as in Taiwan. Creating a brand new media outlet from scratch is an enormous challenge for any team. But in Taipei, the staff at Taipei Plus is trying something even more difficult. From two-minute video clips to 45-minute films on topics like culture, health, tech, and politics, and a half-hour-a-day news program, they want to stake a greater presence of diplomacy. Diploma- they want to stake a greater presence for the diplomatically isolated Taiwan in the international media space, and change the way democracy is talked about overseas. I have, this is why I was a bit confused whether it was a media outlet or a an app. I actually downloaded the app. You can download the app. And I was hoping to get a lot of information from there. Use it, use it as a resource for my little show. But unfortunately, I didn't find anything written. It's all, like they said, little video clips, which is good. I started a channel on YouTube years ago doing something similar, but of course not under scale, but also covering lots of things, not so much uh, uh, news related, but culture and stuff. So perhaps uh, I'll find time. It's just not always convenient to look at a video, isn't it? Because you have to get like earphones and all kinds of stuff. It's also sort of nice just to like be able to listen to something or to read something if you're busy doing other stuff. But yeah, um, all the best to Taiwan Plus. Hopefully they succeed in their quest to be recognized on the international media space. I mean, we sure do need more open-mindedness in the media industry, that's for sure. Uh, this is also a sad one. This is from the Taiwan Yahoo News. The grandmother that was murdered by her adopted grandson. It's quite an extensive story. I've read it. And I'll just give you sort of the headlines. Um, a, a grandmother, 78-year-old grandmother surnamed Yang, Miss Yang. She was found in her apartment by her daughter. She's lying on the living room floor and she was stabbed 14 times. She, um, They had called first aid and uh, police and ambulances, but she was um, without vital signs. The police immediately blocked off the scene and started investigating and they identified the murderer as a 20-year-old guy. I said boy, but he's definitely not a boy, is he? He's 20, I guess. But here's the sad part. He's sort of an adopted grandson. So apparently the story is that the neighbors had this baby and Miss Young was sort of taking care of him when he was a baby. And then his mom became unable to take care of him and Miss Young sort of just took him in and he's lived with her 
for, you know, 20 years, I would imagine. I think the last couple of years, there were some issues. He started stealing and he got involved with the wrong crowds. I'm not sure if he got kicked out of school or what happened, but she eventually sent him back to his um, biological mom. And of course, things went horribly wrong there. I think he ran out of money and he was sort of wandering around. And for some reason, he knew that his grandmother um, or step-grandmother had some money in the house. And he went and collected the money. And I think he took about $100,000, they said. Then he took a taxi down to Hualien. And in Hualien, he was sort of just going about his things. You know, he went to a shop to get some barbecue, um, the barbecue and sticks and stuff like that. And then the police got him. And they retrieve 80000 of the $100,000. It's a really sad situation. This is not, this is the worst thing about um, uh, the, the darkest side of no good deed goes unpunished, I, I would imagine. But yeah, a very troubled young man. Young man, that's a better word. Troubled young 20-year-old man. All right. Okay. Now let's look at some health and health-related things. I found a couple of interesting things this week. I'll just share a few. The first one is about scientists are learning about estrogen and exercise. This is from the New York Times. A study in mice raised intriguing questions about ways that hormones influence the brain and motivate the body to move. Estrogen may change brain activity in ways that could affect how physical, physically active we are. According to a remarkable new study in mice that looked at DNA, hormones, and brain cells, using advanced technology to pinpoint and reprogram specific genes and neurons in living animals. The study found that surges of estrogen jump-started processes in the mouse, mouse's brain that prompted the animal, even males, to become more active. That's interesting. I wonder if, um, I wonder if you can, um, isn't there a downside to taking estrogen, like grow facial hair or something? I don't know, I can't remember. Well, that's interesting. So, Makes you want to move around more, I guess. This is also interesting. This is uh, breaking news this week. Surgeons attached a pig kidney to a human, and it worked. Surgeons in New York have successfully attached a kidney grown in a genetically altered pig to a human patient and found that the organ worked normally. A scientific breakthrough that one day may yield vast news, a vast new supply of organs for several ill patients. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's the uh, health section. The um, Alec Baldwin story is all over the news. Um, I've put it in my entertainment section because it's Alec Baldwin after all. This is a very sad story. Um, a distraught Alec Baldwin says he is heartbroken after accidentally shooting and killing the director of photography and wounding the director by firing one bullet from a gun that was loaded with a live round uh, 
and not blanks on a Western movie set. This is a very controversial story, and I'm sure it's going to take a long time before we find out exactly what happened. There are lots of stories. Um, there's a story that the crew uh, walked out the night before and that the crew that they had on set that day was actually uh, a quick hire, freelance, and so on. Um, I spent a little bit of time on film sets, and there's a, a person in charge of firearms, but there's also a person whose job it is to just uh, deal with safety on a set. That's his entire job, or her entire job. So the fact that a mistake like this could have been made, it's, it's quite shocking, especially on a set like that, which I would imagine was quite... Um, a professional crew, for lack of a better word. So we'll have to wait and see. There's also a rumor that the producers and executive producers wouldn't pay proper wage and the crew were working very long hours. Long hours, I don't know. I mean, most most film crew work extremely long hours. So, But they do get paid for it. So if there was an issue with that, and unfortunately, that's when people start pointing finger back at Alec Baldwin, not for the accident itself, but because he is in that team of producers and executive producers that looks like made the decision to get those freelance staff. But that's all speculative. We'll have to wait. It'll take time for the full report to come out of what happened. But nonetheless, a very sad day for the lady who got shot and killed. Ed Sheeran has covid that's from Japan Today. The British pop star Ed Sheeran said on Sunday he has tested positive for COVID-19 and he will do interviews and performances from his house while he self-isolates. Wow, how big is his house that he can perform in his house? I wonder if he has a whole studio. He probably has a whole studio, right? Sheeran, who is 30, broke the news on social media days before his new studio album is due to be out. Oh, well, Ed Sheeran. Hope you have a speedy recovery, mate. <clears throat> right, let's see. I haven't seen this, but I have seen a lot of activity on Facebook and everything about this movie, June. June debuted with 40.1 million in ticket sales in the opening weekend in North America, drawing a large number of moviegoers to see the thundering sci-fi epic on the big screen, despite it also being available to stream at home. Oh, that's nice. So people are ready to go out and don't want to be at home anymore. That's good to know. This is all from Japan Today, by the way. And this one I thought was also quite interesting. Trump announces plans to launch a new social network called Truth Social. The former U.S. President Donald Trump announced plans on Wednesday to launch his own social network in the latest push to reclaim his internet dominance after he was banned from Twitter and Facebook in the wake of the violent capital insurgent, insurrection. Sorry, Truth Social will be owned by Trump Media and Technology Group, 
TMTG. Uh, sounds a lot like TMZ. And he and is expected to begin its beta launch to invited guests next month. Oh, I wonder if I'm going to get an invite. It is already available for pre-order in the Apple App Store. <laughs> The group said in a statement, well, I shall go and look for Truth Social, that's for sure, just to be part of the hype of it, I think. Well, we do need, we do need something, right? I mean, we do need, can't just have one, one-sided social media anymore. We need more than one thing. This is a strange story. Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart's plea deal on battery charges falls through. A plea deal between the British rock star icon Rod Stewart and the F Florida prosecutor fell through Friday, meaning he and his adult son are again scheduled to stand trial on charges they battered a security guard during a New Year's Eve batch nearly two years ago. Neither Rod Stewart nor his son, Sean, were present when the judge announced uh, that the hearing, at the hearing in which a deal was expected to be finalised, had been cancelled. The pair are now scheduled to stand trial on a misdemeanour battery charges on January 25th. Goodness me, New Year's Eve had a little uh, rough and tumble. That's interesting, isn't it? New Year's Eve, two years ago. Oh, okay, that's pre-COVID. Uh, this is um, this I already talked about. This is the uh, the story of the Princess Mako that had met with the Emperor and his wife the Friday before her marriage. Um, I won't read this again. This is uh, sort of old news. I do hope that Princess feels all right now. And it was her birthday as well on Saturday. She turned 30. So happy birthday and congratulations on your wedding. <clears throat> okay, now we get to my my favorite part of the show, which is the community roundup. Taiwan community roundup. So I'm going to start with some announcements. The Australia New Zealand Chamber of Commerce ANZ, they are having their Melbourne Cup charity luncheon, which is very fun, I can attest to that. It's at 10.30 in the morning, however, which I probably won't be able to make, <laughs> at the Shangri-La Hotel on Tuesday, October 2nd. Uh, no, that would be November 2nd, I would imagine. That's a misprint on my part, most likely. The Melbourne Charity Luncheon. You are cordially invited to don your best fascinator and join us and watch the race that stops the nation. There will be a gourmet four-course meal, fine Australian and New Zealand wines, raffle prizes and sweepstakes to be won, fashion on the field competition for ladies and gentlemen. And you can go to the Australian New Zealand Chamber of Commerce's website and get details on how to register, etc., etc. It is usually quite a fun event. If you haven't gone, uh, it's definitely something you should try. Hey, if you're looking for a job, the BBC is hiring the British Chamber of Commerce, a marketing and member relations manager. It's in Taipei. The role suits someone with three to five years working experience looking to develop their marketing skills across social, online, print, relationship marketing, and across all industry sectors. 
Routine administrative duties are also involved and the coordination of overall marketing and member relation programs, reporting to the CEO and working closely with members, trade, events, departments and promotions of the chamber. The successful applicant will support the chamber's objectives. You can go to the British Chamber's website or Facebook page to get more if you think you are suited for this position. This is something from today's news online, Chinese newspaper. IKEA Dunhua to reopen. The IKEA Dunhua store has been in Taipei for 23 years and it was suddenly closed down and replaced with the store in Neiu. But many people, however, have longed for the store to come back and it looks like it is going to. IKEA has announced that they will open a new store, the seventh store, uh, called Urban Arena. And it is rumored to be on the original site that the Dunhua store was. So if you loved going to that store, keep your eyes and ears open looks like they might be coming back there which is very curious of why they would leave in the first place unless there was a dispute maybe with the landlord and then they left and now the landlord has sort of given in or something i don't know it would be interesting to see how that plays out anyway ikea back in dunhua hopefully in the near future this time of the year everyone dresses up and i'm not talking about halloween i am talking about the Gay Pride Parade. Taiwan's LGP, LG, <laughs> Taiwan's LBGT Pride Parade. A lot of P's in there. Uh, the largest in Asia will be held online. Oh no. For the first time this year on October 30th, Saturday, during which participants can walk a virtual route, watch stage performances and floats, as well as engage in interactive activities on the official website. Oh, no. All right. Well, on that note, um, even though there is no Pride Parade this year, I do think that people will still be out and festive, especially around the Red Theatre area. That's always... That area is always really festive, though, I have to say. I mean, it's one of only a few places in Taipei where you could sit outside and there's little bars and cafes and things like that. But uh, if you haven't been there and you want to go and you want to support this movement, I'm sure there will be lots of activities in the uh, Red Theatre area. Um, if you've never been there before, the Red Theatre is literally a huge building built with red bricks and it's an old theatre. You can take the MRT to Shinmen Station, get out from exit 1. Then you cross over the street, you'll see a police station on your left. You pass the police station and then you'll see the beautiful Red Theatre. If you go around the building clockwise, you're going to pass through a huge open space with lots of cafes and bars and little restaurants. Um, I, don't, I actually don't even know how many bars and restaurants they have there, but it's a lot you'll find definitely find a, a little spot there that always have lots of drink specials and I would imagine this weekend is going to be very festive there so if you did want to go there 
during the day or at night. There's lots of little bars and places to go and hang out there. Have you gotten your stimulus vouchers? $5,000 that the government is giving to people with APRCs, permanent residents, um, spouses of citizens, and so on. If you are not sure, you can just go and try. Uh, you can go to the website. There's a website, 5000, as in the number 5 with three zeros, .gov.tw, and then you'll have to navigate to English. And on that website, you can also find out how to get these stimulus vouchers. Last year, we had to pay 1000 and we got 4000 or something like that. So, But this year, you don't have to pay anything. The government is just giving you 5000 dollars in this little monopoly type style money i got mine and i went for a lovely hair cut and hair color in preparation for winter uh, this is the second tier and the pre-order ends on sunday so the second tier pre-order was the 25th to the 31st of october and then if you pre-order during that time you can pick it up between the 8th and 21st, unless you go online and you figure out how to do the digital things. I don't know how to do that, and I honestly just don't have the patience to even try it, but it might be really easy. What I did was, the there's a 7-Eleven that I pass quite frequently. I just went to that one, gave them my health card, and I said, Wu Bei Quan, Wu, as in five, Bei Quan, Bei and Quan is t the fourth tone. As you say, they'll know what to do. It's really fast. You go to that iBomb uh, machine. You stick. You take your health card. You stick your health card in there. They'll help you to push two buttons, type in your telephone number, and it's done. And they, it prints out a receipt. The one seven eleven said that you need to bring the receipt in case, I don't know, somehow something went missing. The other one told me not to bring the receipt and just use, you know, a, a health card. The only thing is, wherever you register... That is the 7-Eleven where you have to go to pick up the vouchers. So, yeah, make sure you do that before Sunday. I don't know if there's a third tier or when that is, but, yeah, just do it before Sunday and you'll be all right. <clears throat> so, on the Halloween festivities list for this weekend, have you made plans? Are you going to dress up? I saw an absolutely hilarious video of someone dressing their dog, a little dog, like a puck or something, in a hairy black spider costume. It was absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen it, do look for it on YouTube. It's very funny. I don't know if my cat Gizmo, okay, he struggles to even have a harness on if he goes outside. So Simba's better. He I could put something on him, but I don't know if a spider costume, if he'll keep that on. He might, though. He doesn't, doesn't, he's not a very performative cat. He doesn't like to be taken pictures of and so on. But it is quite funny, the little dog running around with that. Anyway, there's a couple of things that you can do this weekend. Um, let's see. Carnegie's is having a party on Friday. It's called the Halloween Costume Party. Our annual Halloween Costume Party is nearly upon us. There will be prizes to be won. 5,000 NT in Carnegie's vouchers for the best dressed, plus the runners-up prizes too. The party will start at 10 p.m. with the Halloween Costume Event around 11. 
we have DJs and lots of favorite. We'll play lots of. We'll play lots of favorite favorite scary tunes. See you all on Friday. That is from Carnegie's. Then on Saturday, the new Belly Barcade, as in B-A-R-C-A-D-E. That is, if you've been in Taiwan for a while and you remember where the Roxy 99 was on Herping Road, well, that is now the new Belly Barcade. Um, I went there last week. It's actually quite nice. I quite like the inside. It's a very rustic type of feel. I haven't, there weren't a lot of people there when we went there, but I would imagine it's, it could get quite fun. We had way too many. They've got their own sort of moonshine shots things in containers, uh, but it's not at all what you think. It tastes like apple pie or butterscotch. And of course, if you have one, you're going to have four, which I don't recommend that you do because it's still quite a high alcohol concentration. Anyway, so the Belly Barcade, an 8-bit Halloween at the Belly Barcade, Taiwan. The House of Fun. Halloween is almost here, so we bumped up the schedule to open in time for some Halloween action. Come early and grab a bite. With some comfort from the Belly Craft House, they have another another shop, another restaurant, and with some new things on the mit- on the on the, on the menu as well. Entry before nine is free. There are a limited early bird VIP AcuPass for three hundred NT, which is a drink and two free shots. Ooh, mm, I wonder how we get that. What is the? They don't say what is early. Limited early, and then there's an early. Both of them are 300. One is a drink with two shots. The other one is a drink with one shot. And I'm hoping it's those very nice apple pie butterscotch type shots. If you want to buy a ticket at the door after 9 o'clock, it's also 300. And every ticket comes with a free beer or cocktail. Oh, that's very nice. If you're in Shinchu, there is a... Black Mask Halloween Party. We have been waiting so long for the soft lockdown to finally be able to get together and enjoy life with friends, music, good vibes, and especially impatience. Huh? Okay. We are now... (laughs) I thought I read it wrong. I don't think I did. (laughs) We are now at the end of the tunnel. For a good new beginning, you deserve the best of the best. This is why Carby Boys, B-W-O-Y-S, is introducing you the new Shinshu Black Mask Halloween Party. Come and enjoy with us in Shinshu with our three talented DJs in the lineup, uh, Sunshine, Del Vibe, Chow Rams, I guess those are the DJ names. Entrance is 350, special guests lists 250. If you click on the going button and add the IG, etc., etc., this is from Facebook, so you can go and find this event on Facebook. Oh, we have camping spots for rent, 700. Also, rooms for two, four, six people. Contact us to find out details. Prizes to be announced at the party for best costumes. Then they list the music. Jamaican patties, as in food. That's interesting. 
Important notice, ID checks are mandatory for entry. IDs accepted, APRC, ICARC, and then two Chinese ones, I imagine. That's like citizenship. Foreign IDs are not accepted. Ooh, that's tricky. Oh, I guess we don't really have anyone here that doesn't have a permanent residency right now. So anyway, this is from Facebook, by the way. So if you go Black Mask Halloween Party on Facebook, I'm sure you can find more details. Also on Saturday, if you are down south, uh, if you go to the Chijing Beach, there's also a party there. They have a boat, but the boat is already fully booked and sold out. But they are working together with the boat people. So five o'clock, there'll be a happy hour. Then there's music and DJs. And something about zombies. Seven o'clock, the murder boat. <laughs> the murder boat docks. And then, yeah. Ooh, open bar starts at eight o'clock. Hmm. That is interesting. You can drink shots from a creepy doll. That is not so interesting. Thank you very much. And it says, be safe, avoid premature death. <laughs> the title of this party is Squid Game, which I refuse to watch, but I would imagine everybody else who has seen it knows what that's about. I, unfortunately, do not, and I do not intend to know what it's about. I will never sleep again. So that is our roundup for this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week ahead. And as usual, as always, uh, thank you very much to everyone who contributes and sends through articles and things of interest. Uh, remember, if you see something on the news or if you read an interesting article, especially if it's related to Taiwan, please, please copy the link, send it to me. Uh, you can reach, reach me on Substack, you can reach me on Facebook, you can also email me. Uh, the Facebook page is Taiwan Roundup. The email is also taiwanroundup at gmail.com. Lots of ways you can get in touch. And I will talk to you again next weekend. Ta-ta!